Welcome to the Limitless Millennials podcast with your host, Hannah Morth. In each episode, we'll bring you stories of inspiration and risk-taking, extraordinary entrepreneurial journeys, often with a dash of spiritual goodness, and tangible action steps to show you how you can create your limitless life. Now, here's your host, Hannah Morth, personal business coach, public speaker, and author. Hello, everybody. My name is Hannah Morth, and I'm here today with Anka Stefania Iorgulescu. Anka is a digital marketer and health and wellness coach, supporting women to be their audacious selves and to help create confident, healthy, and wealthy lifestyles. Even with four master degrees and five language skills, Anka was still struggling with self-worth when she decided to take on self-development and adjust the way she was viewing and feeling reality. Anka believes we are not victims of our contexts, but designers of our realities. So, hey, Anka, how are you doing today? It's wonderful to have you on the show. Hey, Hannah, I'm great. I'm really, really grateful and excited to be here. Yeah, I'm very excited to, to hear your story and to learn more about you. So why don't we just dive right in and you can tell us a little bit more about what it is that you currently do. Mm, yeah, so I have two businesses one that is focused on health and wellness and the other one that is focused on sustainable fashion and self-development anyhow like in everything that I've been doing (laughs) because at the base I'm a digital marketer um, there was always this aspect of self-development so even when I was like doing websites for people I would still like squeeze in (laughs) in the process and in the client work um, yeah some some aspect of self-development Awesome. And so why don't you take us back and tell us about your journey in, you know, becoming a digital marketer and health and wellness coach? Yeah. So basically digital marketer, I think that it's something that I got to doing because I started with communication. So I'm Romanian. I started with journalism and then I took on digital communication and I became a digital marketer consultant for, um, I, I worked in various NGOs and uh, institution, public institu- institutions and agencies. And it kind of like is a part of my identity that I still struggle with letting go, though I don't feel that it's 100% defining me anymore. So it's like, you know, when people tell you that you really have to like get a job and <laughs> be somebody in this mm-hmm. lifetime, that was the part when I started with digital marketing and I've been doing it for, hmm, I don't know, seven, seven, eight years, something, something of the sorts. And um, I'm 32 now. When I was 23, I moved out of Romania. And after one year, I was living in France. And after one, one year and so, I've started um, inquiring who I was uh, and what it was that I was doing with my life and so on and so forth. And that's when I started with self-development, coaching. It started actually with meditation and coaching. And that led me to becoming a health and wellness coach. So I, I coach people to like, I, I give fitness coaching, uh, but I also work on mindset with clients one-on-one. Oh, very cool. And I bet those, those kind of go hand in hand, because if you are going to be working on your health, you need to have like a healthy mind as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, usually when you think about health, I think that people think about the way health looks on the body. And Mm. I really, I really uh, appreciate the fact that uh, in the last maybe years, 
I notice this a lot on social media, we are starting to talk about mental health and it's not really mental health, it's more about emotional health um, because we understand that the way that things look might not be the way that things are. And usually when you work with clients, you understand that uh, putting on weight, um, it's not only about the lifestyle, it has this emotional component because they are eating to fulfill a need that they can't, they feel they can't fulfill otherwise. So, yeah. Oh gosh, that is so true. And Mm -hmm. so do you currently live in France? Um, No. So I was living in France for three and a half years. Then I moved to Berlin, Germany. Then I moved to Thailand. And I was in between Bangkok and, and Berlin, and then I moved to Lisbon for some months, six months with my ex-partner. And now I'm back in Romania. It's been almost two years now that I'm back in Romania because, you know, <laughs> I have to fight my demons and all my demons are here. <laughs> uh, so I went back to set up this business. It's called Dasmatia, and we are... Um, creating we are producing actually from zero um, organic cotton t-shirts embroidered with organic cotton and we are helping women improve their self-esteem by wearing this and also by inviting them in a community the Dasmatia personal personal freedom community um, where they get to be exposed to like group coaching and all sorts of events, online events, where they get to to actually mingle and learn more about themselves and create identity that they feel comfortable with and not an identity that has been imposed by parents, partners, um, friends, society. Oh, awesome. I think that's kind of the perfect segue into what I really wanted to talk about in this podcast, which is knowing your worth as an entrepreneur. So do you want to talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, I think that it's it's very different. Like the moment when you go into being an entrepreneur, I think it's capital. Because for me, I, I was never like an office person. I think that the longest it's been one year in an office. And then I was working remotely for two years with the, with the company. And I became an entrepreneur because I realized that I could not handle being like in a confined space and having somebody tell me when I can get lunch and when I can go home and, you know, like this, this kind of a setup. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this because it's very, very different. So if you are a person who has been working, um, I don't know, in the same industry for 30 years and then you are going into entrepreneurship with a 30 years background, with a 30 years experience, then probably you will face less self-worth issues because you already know your value. You already know that at least you were, you, when you left that job, you were at, a, I don't know, 10K per month. And mm-hmm. you know that that was like, that, <laughs> that was actually your value. <laughs> Uh, let's put it like that. Or you know that you were creating, I don't know how many sales per month or so on and so forth, but you know, you kind of know your value. You know what you're creating and you know how much that is worth um, the service, the product that you, that, you are, that you are selling. But when you are like me, when I, when I just started, um, and, I, and I, I'm going to be very transparent about this, even now it's very difficult for me to say um, this service that I'm providing, it's 100 euros per hour or it's, I don't know, 15K per, per project for three mm-hmm. months. Because sometimes I doubt that I can help the person achieve their results. Though as a coach, 
the mindset would never be about me doing the work and me achieving anything because it's just giving the responsibility and holding the, the, the client accountable and creating the space for them to actually fulfill their, their, their goals. But then again, it's a service base. So you will have people who would be like, oh, but like I thought that in three months I'm going to lose this amount of weight or I thought that in three months I'm going to be like, I'm going to be feeling better in my body or I'm going to make, I don't know how much money through Instagram because I'm posting all these pictures about me working out or, um, and you feel that you are not delivering because they are giving you that feedback. So it's very, um, it's challenging, you know, to like stand in your self-worth and say, Hey, look, I, on my side, I provided everything that through contract I said that I'm going to provide, but then again, maybe things didn't work out because maybe this was not the way to go around that. Maybe you didn't like fulfill on the, on the goals and you were doing something else that, that you were supposed to do. So like I, for example, I can give you, um, a nutrition plan and I can make you a fitness plan, but I'm going to see you two hours per day or one hour per day or one hour every, every second day. And I do not know what you're doing in the rest of the time. I don't know if like once you're giving the, the gym, you're going to McDonald's or whatever, unless you're posting that on Instagram and I'm stalking in it. I know that, you know? So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a little bit complicated. It's still a little bit complicated. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point because it's something that, Um, I don't think a lot of people realize in the coaching industry is that when you are being coached by somebody, it is ultimately up to you to actually put in the work to get the results. The only thing that the coach can really do is give you, you know, the space that you need to be able to make those changes, you know, the advice, the strategies to give you their expertise, but they can't do it for you. So ultimately it is up to you as the, the person being coached or the client to, to make the changes and to do or to follow the advice of the coach so that you do see the tangible results. But that's a very big one, Hannah. It's a very big one because responsibility and personal responsibility is something that um, many people are still struggling with. It's far easier to decline responsibility and say, but I paid you to do this for me. And a part of my process is to always set the framework where the person gets to understand, like unless they understand that it's up to them to make the steps, we cannot work together because it's not gonna, it's, it's not gonna work, you know, mm-hmm. like I can't do the work for you. I really, can't, I really can't. You can't there. lose the weight for them. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I, it's not, you know, the losing the weight, I think it's, um, losing the weight is not the most difficult thing it's understanding why you need it in the first place to the sorry in the first place to gain that amount of weight what is the emotional connection that you have with food observing and like really being very scrupulous about n- noting down when it is that you are eating how it is that you are feeling when you are eating and so on and so forth which is like you know you are going to your deepest wounds if you are doing the kind of work that you that I think is needed for you to have the lifestyle because it's not about losing the weight. It's about maintaining a lifestyle that will support what you have achieved when you were working with me, because maybe we're not going to work together forever. You know, you're not going to afford to like work with a coach. So yeah, it's deep work, you know, (laughs) it's soul work. (laughs) Yeah. And so I think that's a huge part of your business in general is like being able to help your clients dig down really deep into their souls to, mm-hmm. to figure out what it is that they're really truly struggling with and that mm-hmm. the weight gain is a result of. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And just to go back to self-worth, it always comes back to, um, you know, you attract or you work with people that will show you exactly the points where you as a coach still need to work. And that's why I feel that uh, like I'm very grateful for the kind of work that I'm doing because I allow myself to be vulnerable enough without sharing that with the clients because maybe they will lose trust, they will lose the trust or whatever. Mm -hmm. But to hear the story that they are telling me about myself when they are telling me the stories about themselves. So for example, there are these people who um, really want to achieve something very fast. And they are very prone to action, but they lose motivation also very fast and they start beating themselves up. I'm not good enough. I knew that I couldn't make it. It's always my story. And whenever I hear that, I'm like, yes, Judith, of course you hear that because that's what you also think. you know. <laughs> so they're just reflecting that back to you. And I think it's not only for coaches. I think that for anybody who is working with people, um, it's very important to be to be present and to hear what people are telling you and to hear one what is the need what is that they are not telling through the words that they are saying and secondly if you are somebody who's like me a spiritual junkie mm-hmm. then you can hear the the layer that is about you because you hear that layer because you have it inside so it's resonating so it's something for you to learn from mm. i love that mm. I guess my next question for you is, do you have any, any advice for people who are looking to step away from the blame? So I guess I wanna, wanna, how I want to rephrase this is I feel like what a lot of people do is instead of looking deep into themselves, they just try to blame exterior factors. You know, so if they're gaining this weight, instead of digging deep down to figure out what, why it is that they're gaining this weight, because it's probably something within them, they're blaming, they're blaming, you know, their job or their relationships or, Mm -hmm. you know, all these other exterior factors. So would you have any advice for someone who is looking to step away from blaming these outside factors to really step into and know their worth? Um, So this is not like I could not give you an advice because this is the story of a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And it's a story that starts with reflecting outside what you, what you have inside. So what I saw for myself and what I saw for other people is that people who, um, one, when something happens, you know, like an accident happens, whatever. And the first thing that you do is to blame. Yeah. Instead of, so like somebody got hurt, and mm-hmm. you are not thinking about helping that person. You are thinking about blaming either that person or yourself or whatever. You have to recognize that the vicious circle that you are creating through blame and understanding that people who are pointing the finger outside are people who have a lot of self-blame. Mm-hmm. So the first step in understanding why you need to blame other people or your context or whatever is to understand that you are not assuming responsibility for the way that you behave and for the things that you create. But that's like, you know, like, um, it's a maturity, it's Mm -hmm. a maturity process. It's a growing up process. Um, and it's something that I can only reflect to to the person and uh, like asking the questions and understanding uh probably they 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 come from a from a background where there was a lot of allowance for them to place responsibility on other people 
um, because, for example, their parents or their spouses or their partners or their bosses or whatever um, gave them that space mm. for them to not assume responsibility. That's a really good point. So it sounds like the really the first step is to recognize that what you're doing is blaming others instead of realizing that you need to look deep down into yourself. And then from there, you can start doing the soul work to really figure out what the true problem is. Yeah, I think it's just understanding that the blame, like placing blame is not helpful. Like for me, that was the thing. I used to believe a lot in wrong and right and uh, who's guilty here. And it's not believing I was acting like that. Um, and then I understood that that's a behavior that is, um, that is called, that is like uh, keeping you stuck. Mm-hmm. A, a healthy behavior is, okay, this happened. What can I make out of it? What is useful in this situation? Okay, this accident happened. Yes, this person screwed me for life because uh, they uh, broke my car or whatever. Okay, they are to blame. How does that help me? The fact that they are to blame. Yes, they are to blame. They are going to cover through the insurance um, for, for what they did. But the, how am I showing up in that situation? Like me as a person, how can I show up in a useful way for myself and for the other person? For the person that, uh, and that, that requires the person that, I, that was in the accident with me now that created the accident. Uh, and that requires a lot, a lot of empathy and a lot of self empathy and that's like the, the the next level understanding that blame is not useful and seeing what is useful and how can you use that situation for self-growth or for maybe that person had like a really bad day you know and they mm-hmm. like they got into a collision with you because they something something happened and it opens like this humane interaction between people Instead of like being warriors and taking positions and saying, uh, placing guilt and like, you know, making this disproportionate conflict, creating this violence and this conflict, there's an opportunity for you to actually go to a human level and be like, oh, dude, this happened. Like, yes, my day is pretty much wrecked because I'm going to be late and so on and so forth. But like, what happened on your side? You know, and just being like curious about, about the other person. I think it's, I don't, I don't get to do it always. Um, but I always encourage, for example, for example, my clients to be to be curious about their fear, like in a group, uh, like in a group fitness class, for example, in cycling. Like I know that you are afraid that you are gonna die on this bike, but what if you didn't die? <laughs> like what if you're curious about what could what could become possible yeah. if you increased, you know, like the pressure, tension, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. So instead of blame. Look, try to figure out how you can show up usefully in the situation. That's perfect. I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Right now, it is time for the Limitless Lightning Round. Are you ready? (laughs) Yes. I promise it won't be too difficult. Um, So the first question I have for you, Anka, is what is your best piece of advice for entrepreneurs who are just getting started in their businesses? And these are mostly going to be like service-based businesses. Mm. Um, don't overthink, act, fail, act, fail, act, fail, act. Mm. So learn from your mistakes. Yeah. I love Just that. integrate, yeah. integrate, integrate the failure, integrate the failure. Mm. That is awesome. Yes. The second question is, what is your favorite personal development or entrepreneurial book or other resource that you recommend to others? Oh my 
God, so many. So like I <laughs> Tony Robbins. But something that really helped me was the desire map of Daniel Laporte. Because I'm very goal-driven. And I understood mm-hmm. by reading that, that the process and how I'm feeling in the process is really, really important. Oh, cool. I don't know too many people who have checked that one out, but I've seen it around online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I love Daniel Laporte. She's, she's very, very... I don't know. Oh, Daniela Bart. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get it. Awesome. Um, and my third question for you is what habits have you developed along your journey that have led to your success? Mm. <laughs> I'm trying to think because I'm not an early <laughs> I can't, I don't wake up early. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I can't, sorry, I can't, I can't say that. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I, I understand that. Sometimes I wake up later in the day too. And that's just like how I, um, how I can successfully run my business is working late instead of waking up early. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I think uh, one of the habits that really, really helped me was what I mentioned for the first uh, uh, question too, was to not be afraid to act, even if it's not perfect, like just to get it out, to get the idea that I'm working on or the service or the product, to get it out and to like be vulnerable enough to get maybe feedback that it's going to be constructively used, even if it's like shitty feedback, you know, and like not something that I would like to hear. Yeah, yeah. And that I'm, that I'm actually going to be able to use to, to, improve, uh, to improve the product or the service. Mm. So it kind of goes off, to, or it kind of goes off of the "done is better than perfect." Yeah, that a lot of people yeah. talk about. It's just Mm-mm-mm. if you're working on a project, just finish it. Don't try to make sure that it's perfect before you release it, because yeah. you will you will figure out the flaws that need to be fixed along the way. And you know, people might let you know by giving you a bad review, but that's just feedback for you to be able to yeah. build the product or service better. Mm-mm. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Number four. So I added this question because I kind of wanted to bring you down to a more personal level for the audience. So the question is, if you could have dinner with anyone, entrepreneur or not, alive or dead, who would it be? Who? Salvador Dali. (laughs) Who? Salvador Dali. Dali. I don't know who that is. He's a a surrealist. uh, Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Salvador Dali. Got it. And why is that? Um, because I think that he was very good at uh, personal branding and making people believe that he was really worth it. <laughs> oh, okay. So you'd be able to get a lot of advice off of him. Um, probably, but it, for me, it's more about just being in the presence of that person. I think that I'm just like getting things like, in a, I don't know, spiritual, I don't know which way, you know, like the advice you can get a lot and you can read about things, but actually being in the presence of people, you kind of model that, you know, like in an yeah. elevator, talk about that. So like, you just like, they brush on you <laughs> and that brushes on you. Oh, absolutely. You know, people talk about like, you are most like the five people yeah. you hang out with the yeah. most. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, spending your time with somebody like Salvador Dali. Um, yeah who really encapsulates what you are trying to, um, you know, what you're trying to do in your life, how you're trying to feel is going to be the perfect way for you to actually be able to achieve that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a great answer. Okay. My final question is how can our listeners follow and connect with you? 
Ooh, so they can find me on Instagram. This is my personal profile, Anka Stefania Rublescu, which is my full name. And um, that's Matia, the project, the organic cotton t-shirts. We are launching it at the end of October. So it's going to be dasmatia, D-A-S-M-A-T-I-A.com. Um, and then they can also find me on my personal website. And from there, they have lots of links. Uh, so it's my full name, AngaStefaniaRublescu.com. Awesome. And I'll make sure that all those links are in the description of the episode. But other than that, I just wanted to thank you so much, Anka, for being here today and for sharing your story. (laughs) Thank you, Hannah. It was a pleasure. Yeah, well, pleasure is all mine. Thank you so, so much. Everybody have a wonderful day. And until next time, friends. Thank you so much for listening to the Limitless Millennials podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and head over to iTunes to leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. And if you're looking to connect with Hannah or today's guest, head on over to www.limitlessmillennials.com. Until next time, friends, keep on living your limitless life.